0: It's uh, episode three, of the bucket seat. This is the Tokyo edition. I've been here for uh, about uh, four nights, five days now. Have one final night. Um, uh, well, this evening I'm taking off um, and heading back to Toronto. Nice fourteen-hour flight, but um, it's um, it's been crazy here. Um, I love it. Uh, there's so much about Japan that. You know, I've always wanted to see and have finally had a chance to experience. Um, It's been a whirlwind over the course of the last, um, yeah, last five days here. Um, But it's been really special. I've been able to, um, uh, when I landed here, we're staying at the Kyo Plaza Hotel, um, which is in Shinjuku, in Tokyo. And we spent the night here. We were off early, early the next morning um, off to... Guma um and Guma is where the uh, main manufacturing facility is for Subaru it was um it was really really interesting to be able to see we um we had a uh, a chance to to kind of tour through their visitor center not through the actual manufacturing plant itself but through the visitor center that just had a a great history of the um of the Subaru brand and a lot of um yeah I guess just like a lot a lot of uh, different information about um you know where the company had been its roots in um in aerospace and um and then kind of uh, skipping over world war 2 and into then the mass production of the uh, of the 360 and the 1000 and then the really cool stuff like you know they had, uh they must have had about 50 or 60 different um uh, 360s there all in immaculate condition with no little to no uh, mileage on them whatsoever it was really cool um from there we stayed at a hotel, um, in Guma, um, where, um, uh, it was great, these tiny little hotel rooms, um, but everything's so efficient. And, uh, so I guess just well-designed and engineered, you don't need a lot of space. And I, I think there's a lot that we can take from that in from our Western culture. I wish I'd see more of it, but, um, the next morning was really special. We were, uh, we were taken out to Subaru's, um, secret test facility, um, and we were test driving a bunch of prototypes um, that I can't really say anything more about for probably well for quite some time still. But it was uh, it was amazing. It was just out of a dream. Um, uh, there was a beautiful, fully banked test track, um, a really cool infield with a ton of elevation changes and twists and turns that uh, we got to ride with. And, well, we drove, but um, had an engineer um, responsible for. Some of the product, a uh, product that we were uh, we were driving uh, helped to, help to explain what uh, what it was, what they, you know, what work had gone into them, and um, a bit of background on everything. Uh, then we drove some competitive product as well. Um, yeah, at some point I'll be able to talk about, it, but at this point, um, I cannot. Um, what was really uh, what was really neat um, was when we uh, we got back into Tokyo and um, after a day out at their uh, test facility, I mean we got to see some really cool stuff. But um, we get back into Tokyo, we spent the night here, um, and um, just yesterday um, I was able to go to the press launch uh, press event for Fuji Heavy Industry um, kind of unveiling their new Subaru Global Platform. Um, and there hasn't really been a lot of information from Subaru um, of this nature in the past. And um, Yoshinaga-san, um, the president and CEO of uh, Fuji Heavy Industry, um, was speaking um, a- along with many of the engineers that were responsible for, um, well, design and engineering um, for the this new Subaru uh, global platform. And basically, they they're going to be basing all of their vehicles off of this new, um, uh, platform and this architecture, um, to really, I guess build value in the Subaru brand. Um, they've touted it as not being a, um, a cost efficiency tool. Um, as much as obviously efficiency does tend to lend to, um, cost efi- efficiency. Um, it's, uh, it was really, really interesting to be able to see. And, and what they did was kind of explained what, um, the next few years look like um, up to 2020 and some of the big features that they'd explained was, you know, this is the biggest overall performance evolution in Subaru's history Um, and what they're really going after is this emotionally engaging, dynamic feel that goes beyond high performance, Um, something I think when you drive a Subaru, you definitely feel it and understand it, Um, but paired with uh, the world's highest levels of safety, um, obviously a major, major commitment from, um, from Subaru. Um, and then uh, a single design concept for the development of all their models and for them adaptable to electrification in the future. And I know that there are a few media outlets who have, um, I think, really focused on that. Um, having been there, um, you know, it was definitely something that was touched on, but it um, it, it wasn't anything that was necessarily... Um, highlighted uh, in great detail. So I think that there's probably the the opportunity for electrification in the future. I know right now we've got a a hybrid um, with Subaru and I imagine it'll continue along in that direction. But um, some of the other elements um, in terms of the evolution of Subaru's history, they're talking about this dynamic field that goes beyond performance. And um, there's a lot of time spent on the idea of of how they have increased and built rigidity. um, And For them, you know, in terms of straight line stability and the amount of steering input that's going to be necessary in order to change the direction of the vehicle and change it with confidence, um, they said that they have improved that between 70 and and 100% and that rigidity throughout the body and chassis, I mean, that's a remarkable change. and paired with a lower center of gravity, um, the steering response uh, is going to be absolutely incredible. And that's something that they're committing to across all of their vehicles in their entire lineup. So, um, exciting there. They've also reduced um, noise and vibration through uh, the increases in rigidity. They were able to eliminate a lot of the unnecessary noise and vibration that um, is obviously happening um, when things just aren't um, when things aren't tight. And so that's allowing them to also redirect a lot of that energy back through all of the suspension components um, and allowing those suspension components in turn to do their job a little bit more. So, um, you know, it all makes sense, um, but um, it's just it's it, it's a big change. And when you look at numbers like 70 and 100 percent reduction um, in sorry, increase in uh, rigidity in body and chassis as well as then a 70 percent um, uh increase in torsional rigidity, um, That's uh, those are pretty big numbers. Um, it's a big change for, for Subaru. And then lastly, they had also um, comfort when they're talking about this dynamic feel and the principle of dynamic feel and how it applies to the Subaru brand. Um, you know, this new platform and how they've increased the rigidity in the suspension uh, mounting. As I was saying, it really improves the absorption um, without the body warping uh, at all, Um, and it gives you this super smooth and stable ride. Um, And uh, the last part of that was um, the, I guess they've moved the rear rear stabilizer bars, which originally had been... um, um, They've been mounted to the control arms, now they're mounted directly to the body, um, and that's going to reduce body roll by about 50% compared to their present models. So, um, flat, stable, and uh, extremely rigid, but also increasing comfort and reducing noise and vibration. So, all around a really, really um, interesting package, and um, those are great improvements that I think drivers are really going to be able to feel. So, um, great job on... On Subaru's um, behalf, I mean, obviously they're one of my uh, clients, but um, it was really exciting to be able to see this and such a strong and confident commitment to all of these improvements are um, are a big step forward for them. Um, Something that Subaru's always been known for, as well as high levels of safety. When you know they talk about active safety and passive safety, uh, and some of their systems, um, you know they've got. uh, you know active safety they're they're talking about um, you know a center of gravity that's about five millimeters lower um along with the rigidity and the suspension control that you're going to see improvements in um it's going to basically provide a performance level of high performance sports cars um, when they're not necessarily playing in that in that realm in the first place so um, a very competitive place to be with um, a lot of dynamic feel in the drive so it's starting to rub off um, and then passive safety uh, their eyesight um, or sorry not passive safety for eyesight um, frame structure again they're just talking about passive safety and and what they've done doing increase um, the ab- amount of absorption the body can take in a, in a crash situation. Um, one continuous fluid line um, for the body and chassis or sorry for the chassis uh, is going to allow for better energy absorption there as well so it's interesting and then lastly is the single design concept all right guys well i think that's um That's just about it. Uh, We've got a lot to do today and uh, a lot to see. So um, that's it for episode three of the Bucket Seat Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Byrne. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for episode four uh, where we will be. uh, I've invited a a good friend of mine, a guest uh, in Leif Sorensen, to explain to us what it takes to go from washing cars in Calgary to owning a very successful dealership in Toronto. So stay tuned, thank you again, and talk to you soon.